Welcome to the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, where we have mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. If you want to check us out on social media, we are currently on Twitter and on Instagram at acannabispod. And if you are looking for places to listen to us, we're basically everywhere uh, that you get your podcast fixed from. I'm currently hosted on podbean.com. My name is Cam, and I've been smoking weed for just over two years now. And my name is Joel, and I've been smoking weed for over 25 years. This week on the podcast, we decided to mix things up a bit and try something a little bit different. Um, I think we've been spending a lot of our cannabis and media episodes kind of talking about movies, and it's almost kind of become the monthly movie watch episode that we've been doing with our Twitter poll. And we wanted to kind of talk about different areas of cannabis in the media, and one of those is music. So essentially what we're going to be talking about for this episode here is cannabis and music. And there was a lot of different ways that we were kind of kicking around talking about this, right, Cam? Like we got a few pitches from people um, kind of giving us ideas saying, hey, guys, you should really kind of incorporate music into your show a little bit because that's such a big part about cannabis, right? Um, I didn't get a lot of that on Instagram, but I know that you got a lot of it on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, basically people were just saying like this, this is a big part of the culture and it's something that's kind of a, uh, an area that we've left alone, I think on the show. Yeah, for sure. And I think in part because I mean, a, we're not going to be playing anybody's music on the show because we're, we don't have the money for, for licensing or anything like that. Uh, but we wanted to find like a good way that we could do it and something that was consistent with the way that we do things on the show and, and with our format. And I think we've kind of put something together. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, basically Cam and I have both come forward with an artist that is sort of uh, cannabis affiliated or cannabis adjacent. that, and we picked one of their albums and we both listened to it um, each other's album as well. And we're going to have a bit of a conversation about, uh, about that, how we felt about it and why we felt that this had some significance for us or in its relation to cannabis. So, uh, we're going to dip our toes into music a little bit. I think the only time we've talked about this before is maybe a little bit about classified on our celebrity episode and, uh, the Bob Marley episode. It's probably the only other times that we've touched on music, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The Bob Marley episode is the one that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even, even uh, classified was kind of in, in passing or more so on that episode, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fun um, with this one here and hopefully um, you guys will enjoy what we're going to be talking about with this stuff. But before we start talking about our actual episode today, we like to talk about what we're smoking this week. So what's been on your rolling tray this week, man? What's been on my rolling tray this week? Um, I smoked a little bit less weed this week than normal, actually. There were, yeah, there were two days this week where I only had one bowl just before, just before bed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically took the whole day off except for had some medicine before I went to bed. Um, But the the stuff that I was smoking this week, the the main one um, that we haven't talked about before was this North 40 Zookies that I picked up um, as a, yeah, as a, kind of like a treat on our boxing day orders that we put in on, on shelter market. Um, this stuff is really nice. It's like a, a more stony kind of version of some of 
the cultivars we've been uh, talking about lately that I feel like we've called cushy. I feel like we've done a lot of like cushier kind of strains lately. And I, I feel like this almost fits there and I could be wrong, but anyways, I really enjoyed this. Um, it smokes really nice. Uh, outside of that, I didn't really have much on the rolling tray besides what we were talking about today, which is orange bud by apothecary botanicals from British Columbia here as well. Um, just one thing I wanted to mention about uh, like kind of BC bud news um, in BC, there was some kind of a plan that was proposed or accepted to allow BC providers or BC cultivators to sell directly to dispensaries, as well as be able to sell their products from their own storefront. Um, this won't be coming until 2022, but we've been talking a lot about uh, the barriers that a lot of these companies have uh, to getting their products to the market for an affordable price. And I feel like we are moving in the right direction with this piece. Um, there's not a lot of information out there about it right now, but what I have seen has been pretty positive. And uh, I, I pray that this happens like soon in 2022. But uh, yeah, I think that there's uh, some positive stuff happening here in BC and uh, I'm looking forward to see what 22 has to offer, or 2022 has to offer rather. Um, the last thing, I'm still loving my bud cups. Uh, that's really all I wanted to say. Um, I I'm just love that they've, yeah, awesome. <laughs> they, they've just really increased the functionality of my packs and I can't thank them enough for that. By no means is this any kind of paid endorsement. I have no affiliation <laughs> with that company at all. It's just that they've really made my packs a lot more functional in my opinion. So I really like them. That's all about me though. Um, what about you, man? What have you been smoking this week? Well, lots of my rolling tray this week. I, I took a couple days off work, so I had more of an opportunity to uh, sample the medication that I was having. Um, just to touch back on what you were just mentioning. Yeah, the bud cups are great. Um, I, I would love some free bud cups, but we didn't get any free bud cups. We paid for mm. that shit. Uh, or you paid for that shit, I should say, and you gave them to me. But uh, I agree. They, they've they really kind of upped the ante for my PAX use. Um, I've definitely made it made consumption a lot more efficient. So uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, this week, uh, like I said, I've been having a lot more just because I, I had the ability to because I, I had a couple of days off. So a lot of the cultivar that we're going to be talking about this week, the orange bud from Apothecary Botanicals. But I did dip into a few other things. Uh, a few things from Gnome Star Craft. I, I just can't keep my fingers out of the jar of that meat breath. So I think we may have to review that next week. Because, yeah, probably. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't dipped into mine yet. But okay. it's been really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I admire your restraint. I do not have that level of restraint, especially with a bunch of time on my hand. So uh, Meat Breath has been getting a solid look, but I think I still have another seven grams of it left. So uh, oh, enough, enough to give it a, a thorough assessment uh, for a review. But I've also been hitting up the comatose kush. Um, I had, this is the second batch that I had gotten from there. Uh, they had a bit of uh, issues with the drying process. The first batch was really dry. This one was a little bit improved and I think future ones will be better. Um, it's, it's a nice one. Uh, a lot of people seem to like this in the same kind of category as the black cherry punch for kind of like a, a good knockout. It doesn't seem to hit me as strongly, but it gives me munchies like a motherfucker. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying it, though. So it's like nice and citrusy. And uh, I just uh, maybe it's just because I'm smoking so much. It's not my tolerance is so whacked. It's not hitting me like, like a hammer like it is with other people. But uh, I, I've been enjoying that. So the, the two from Gnome Star Craft have been pretty popular. Uh, I do have a bit of a, a an update uh, and it's. A rare one for us. Um, normally, when we're speaking about our interactions with Shelter Market, they're uh, usually glowing and very positive. And I had one that I wouldn't say is sort of like a, a negative interaction necessarily, but uh, to use some corporate speak, it was less than positive. 
Yeah, and what had happened? Well, as you know, there was that recall that went down with the black cherry punch from uh, North 40, right? They, they found a bit of mold and they decided to, to recall it. And uh, a bunch of us who had ordered it on Boxing Day just never got it because they caught this before uh, all those orders had actually shipped out to people. So when that occurred, we were given an option to either uh, have a refund or replace it with a few different options that they provided to choose. And I think you had gone with like the organic craft cherry punch for your replacement, right? Yes. Yeah. I got, uh, I, yeah, I just replaced them straight up. Yeah. And so I decided to do the same, but I went with the blue cheese from North 40 because that's a, a cultivar that I enjoyed. Now, I did put a caveat in my request and I said, look, I would prefer the most recent lot of blue cheese because it was maybe my confusion that a, a more recent lot had dropped on shelter market right before Christmas. So I wanted that. I wanted the fresh stuff because I knew there was blue cheese that was out there from like May and June of 2020. And I thought, well, no, if, if you're going to replace it with the fresh stuff, perfect. I'll take that. Uh, they communicated back to me, said, no problem. We'll make sure you get the most recent lot. When my order actually arrived, it had uh, May and June, seven grams each of North 40 blue cheese. Right. So naturally, I was disappointed. Uh, I emailed their customer care team, and then I didn't hear back for about eight days, uh, which was concerning. So uh, I mailed, emailed them again. I wanted to have a bit of interaction with them. I didn't want to kind of like put them on blast on Twitter. That's not really what the point of our show and accounts are for. I don't want to be doing that, calling people out necessarily, especially for like a personal thing. So uh, I followed up uh, and then about four or five days later, I heard back again, uh, finally from somebody from shelter and they just, they indicated to me that, oh, sorry for the confusion, but it looks like you actually do have the most recent lot of North 40 blue cheese, which was kind of like, oh, well, if that's the most recent, then why, you know, when I had said that, why I didn't want the mayor June, that it should have been done, it should have been a refund instead. But I get that that may have been a step too far. Um, this situation is sort of out of the norm. It's not like they're in the position of constantly doing recalls or anything like that. We, we, I don't know how often we'd buy from shelter if everything was getting recalled from there. So I, I get that this situation is a bit out of the norm, but it was a bit kind of uh, frustrating to not hear a response for a while and then when i did get a response to just kind of be like oh no sorry you got the most recent one so i responded again it was just like okay i get it but you know i said i'd prefer a refund if it was this one and then they're like oh okay i guess we didn't see the confusion and i had indicated that i guess i have to be more specific if it happens again with them because obviously you know there was a mix-up and that was kind of the end of it and I don't know that I was necessarily looking for anything in a resolution. Like I don't necessarily want my money back or I, I don't want, you know, a different product or, or anything like that. I just, we speak so glowingly about shelter. I felt like that we have to include this as sort of a, a counterpoint. And I don't mean to imply that it's upset me or anything, but it was just one of those things where like, I feel like this one wasn't on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because I, I kind of know where the confusion came from for um, like on the shelter market website, when you're reviewing products, they have a release date. And around that time, if you filtered by release date, that blue cheese, like a three and a half gram or a seven gram option was like one of the more recent ones. Mm -hmm. So that led us both to believe that there was a new batch of this blue cheese that had dropped because yeah. we hadn't seen another batch since uh, like the summertime, like you had, like you had said, right. So yeah. And I if I had a look at the lot numbers, it probably would have been the same. 
right? Like yeah. it would have been yeah. the old lot numbers if I would have compared those and done that. So, I mean, I guess there's an element of, of that that is on me, but I don't know. I just felt like saying, I don't want May or June, you know, you can see that on the, the label, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, you know, I, I, it doesn't sour me. It's not like it's, it's going to stop me from buying products from shelter market, but um, I feel like we have to, both sides this for some yeah, reason well, we have to report the good and the bad right, right. Like, yeah we have we to report just... all of our interactions we can't just exactly we can't just yeah. fluff shelter all the time here we have to give yeah, it exactly so, so there, there's an honest account of an interaction that i had recently so uh, there it is <laughs> um Fair so that's that's kind of what's been on my rolling tray this week uh, i'm trying to think if there was anything else of note and nothing is really coming to mind so what do you say do you want to start uh, getting into the um central part of our content this week i'm kind of stoked to talk about cannabis and music man um i'm, I'm particularly stoked because you're, you're introducing something new to me and that that doesn't happen very often anymore as an old dude no no um i especially one who i don't think that you keep up too much with like recent music trends and stuff like that too right so yeah this is <laughs> i could see why this was like a, a a blind area for you um so the album that i chose to discuss on this on this podcast and to share with you was uh, kid cuddy's man on the moon album the first one and it's called the end of day um this was an album that came out in 2009 and uh there's quite a few um, features on the album. There's a lot of songs. It's kind of like a concept album with multiple acts within it. It's very artsy, um, but there's a lot of, I don't know, there's there's a lot of uh, different types of music within it. It's something that I really enjoyed when I was younger. It's something I hadn't revisited until, I don't know, about three or four months ago, I guess, or two or three months ago. And I kind of like learn to love it again. You know, it's not that I felt like fell out of love with it or anything, but just re rediscovering it again was really nice. And the reason why I had rediscovered it is because uh, he put out uh, Man on the Moon 3 recently. And so I would kind of like gone back and listened to the first two albums before I had checked out the most recent one. Um, what were your first impressions of this, man? Like, I know that Kid Cudi isn't really a uh, an artist that you had listened to very much. So like just first impressions, like good, bad, uh, mixed, like what were you thinking? Uh, first impressions, if I'm being like fully honest, are probably mixed. And uh, I don't know that it's necessarily anything other than me being like an old dude. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll qualify like my mixed opinions with like me being like out of touch or um, maybe not being in the the headspace that this kind of concept or topic kind of speaks to necessarily at yeah. like at as a like a dude in his 40s so uh what i liked about it was that i mean you can definitely see the skill right like i'm a big hip-hop guy i think i've mentioned that on the show before uh hip-hop was probably like my central um music taste kind of growing up uh, i have a very eclectic taste so i branch out into a lot of areas but hip-hop is probably like the the core of where i branched out from so listening to this was very very interesting to me to see like the contrasts between like the hip-hop from like the 80s and 90s that i grew up on versus this and the differences there so i think some of those mixed opinions come from what my impressions of what hip-hop are or should be versus what this is and but i can also recognize the talent and the skill and the brilliance in it so overall uh, i enjoyed the experience i was really stoked to kind of sit back and listen to something that had a different kind of vibe and something that was chill but uh i don't know that 
uh, it would go into like the regular rotation or anything like that because it didn't like kind of like um, spark my head. But there are definitely, um, I would say like five or six tunes that I, I thought were complete bangers. There was a bunch where I was completely not in my head and just stomping my foot. Uh, really, really great tune. So I think it was a positive experience overall. And it was really kind of cool to listen to something new because I just, I just don't reach out. I don't, I don't tune into places where I would have access to what's new. Right. So if it's, it's yeah. something that becomes like massively part of the pop culture lexicon, it may not just necessarily pass my radar. Um, but I'm, I was stoked to do it. So, but I know that this one has some significance for you, right? So what, um, why, why did you pick this one? What, what kind of, um, spoke to you about it and why is this record kind of important to you? Um, well, this, this record came out, in a time of change in my life that, so I, I feel like that's uh, why a lot of people kind of bond with certain music and, and certain albums and stuff. So this had kind of become, well, there's a, <laughs> there's a track on this, <laughs> on this album that's called soundtrack to my life. And mm -hmm. it kind of, this album was almost like a soundtrack to my life for a, a, a certain period in my life. So um, this had come out in the year I graduated high school, but it wasn't really something that I had really picked up on until 2010, like almost a year after I had graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. During this time, I was going through a really rough breakup, like my first really bad breakup um, with my high school sweetheart, okay. as well as I had been released from junior hockey. So there was a few big parts of my life that were changing right there. Oh, yeah. um, like without getting like, too into it and too personal, um, hockey was like a really big part of my life. And it was something that I wanted to pursue as a career. Um, it was something that I, I invested a lot of time into, you know, I was really passionate about it. Um, and when that ended, that was really shitty. And then also being part of a, a messy breakup also was really tough. No so kidding. yeah, so this Those was like uh, significant life, life events, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I won't go too far into it. But um, this album really helped me a lot there this album has like multiple acts to it and each act are almost like different parts of uh, the psyche of kid cuddy or scott meskety who is the uh the actual artist's name um uh so there are some songs in here that are like pretty emotional that talk about being like up late at night because you can't sleep you're because of like loneliness or anxiousness or or racing thoughts or whatever um there's a lot of uh songs that are that are tied to that um that resonated with me a lot back then um i wasn't having a great time <laughs> so it was good but uh i was also doing a lot of partying back then as people do when they're going through tough times i feel like right. trying to uh just you know kind of drown out some some bad parts you know so there's like you said there's a lot of bangers and like party music on this album too so i think that overall it helped me get through a tough time um maybe in in some ways that were more um beneficial than others but mm. uh yeah anyways this this album was something that i listened to like almost nonstop, like in my car and stuff like that for for about a year actually <laughs> well that's that's one of the things that i really liked about it in that uh, when I was kind of alluded to saying that it was a bit different than the hip hop that I grew up on in that it's rare in hip hop for an artist to display that kind of level of vulnerability. I think, right. I yeah. think, I think you maybe saw that a bit at first with like Eminem and he, he was like kind of letting people into like the, the uglier or darker sides of his life. But I think it was always prevented, presented in a way from like a place of aggression and anger. 
and yeah this isn't coming from a place of aggression and anger it's almost like of uh, like pain and hurt and curiosity more so than like outrage and anger exactly and i think that may be where i had more of a difficulty connecting with it because not even not to get like too personal for myself but i think i would connect more with that rage and that anger more than that that pain or curiosity side of it so i think that was maybe part of the disconnect for me but i was able to like see that and how it flowed into the writing and the way like it went and and as it built throughout the story of the album so uh like i like that you you kind of mentioned the concept aspect of it i, I like seeing the the different parts of this too so uh i i really enjoyed this um i think from seeing different sides of things and seeing uh, that vulnerability in the writing and it made me think about stuff because i think i may have mentioned this but there was a time in my life when i was a hip-hop artist yeah (laughs) and uh, yeah so like this is so on brand for us i think to be talking about this style of music but anyways like yeah you were a hip-hop artist so like did did that well that obviously would have had a large uh, influence on your opinion of this album too right like you said that you've been able to appreciate these things that don't necessarily um jive with your music experiences or whatever but you can still appreciate them for the artistry behind it absolutely and i think the way that i see that the most is in in lyrics uh, i especially in hip-hop for me i mean the beat has to be there but it's all about what you're saying and the fluidity with what you're saying it and how clever you can be with your wordplay and uh i can recognize that while seeing that it doesn't necessarily fit the style that i like and i'm gonna kind of give a category to this and i really hope you don't hate me for it but it's almost like emo hip-hop emo hip-hop okay so like i and i hate to like that's just the best way that i can put it because i can't think of another another way and i realize that it it sounds more derogatory than i mean it but there's no yeah sorry go ahead no no you go ahead well just there's there's a, a like i can just hear it in the way it sounds there's like a downness to it and um hip hop evolved i think and i want to say via like 50 cent and a couple other people to where hip hop changed to like um where you were kind of rapping and kind of singing and you you didn't know which one you were doing and i felt like there was a lot of that style in this uh and that was a bit of a hurdle for me to cross over to um but I can get past that when I see that the lyrics are so well written and some of the stuff uh, overall that like the, the the picture that he's painting with his words is what resonates maybe more than the the um, some of the parts of the music. Okay. Um, well, with the with the like the lyrics being important and the and the wordplay being important and stuff, did you have uh, a certain line? in this that uh that you had set apart from the rest is like a favorite or like uh like something that had impressed you at least absolutely uh okay. the, the one that i liked uh the line that i had the most was in the song uh alive okay and that's not one that i listened to too much uh, let's hear it um well what i liked about that track is that like on the third verse he just hits like it just hits that classic hip-hop style so he got away from that like singing hip-hop to just like rough edged words and it just like it totally resonated for me anyway the line itself is uh blinded by the light rather than the evil feeling out of place in a room full of people uh try and be the same but you know you're not a sequel 
nice and i just like i'm like wow that's just like that's poetry man like that's yeah beautiful and he is a poet man and i think that that's really uh that's that's a really um important thing to say here and i think that's also like kind of lends to the uh emo part that you're mentioning because emo just means like emotional in my yeah. in my mind right and there is a lot of emotion to this like you said he's being very vulnerable mm-hmm. so um yeah, th- there is a lot of emotion behind a lot of his lyrics. Um, they're very heartfelt, and uh, he, like he's like you said, he's kind of giving you like a, a a peer into what he was dealing with when he was at a, a rough part in his life. I, f- I feel like you can experience the sadness yeah. through it, and and that's where the music feeds at like a little bit. But what about you? What's like is uh, is soundtrack to my life like your favorite song off this? Did you do you have a different favorite song or what's your, it what's is your favorite one of my lyric? favorites? Um, my favorite lyric is from it, and people who know Kid Cudi like this is just going to be like uh, a very cliche favorite, and I know that, but it's yeah, still but sometimes one of my those favorites. are the best ones, man. Hey, man, yeah. And what's funny about it is that it was it's always been one of my favorites, and I never smoked weed when I listened to this album. Like I partied a lot back then, but I never really smoked weed. Okay. Um, so, but this, this lyric still is uh, about weed and I just still really liked it. So anyways, it's kind of like the opening line from soundtrack to my life. Um, and it's uh crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit, feeling lit, feeling right. 2am summer night. I just really liked that. <laughs> it always got me in a good mood when I was, uh, like down or whatever, or it was kind of like almost like a pump up to like having drinks with buddies or whatever. And it, it brings back good memories for me. So I think that's another reason why I really like that line. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good line, man. I mean, yeah. Um, I feel, but I wouldn't I feel say like, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I wouldn't say that soundtrack to my life is my favorite song off of the album, okay. but, uh, it's definitely one of the bangers and one of the most popular from when it was released. Oh yeah. So what's, yeah. what's your favorite one then? Um, I would say my favorite is, uh, fuck, let's see. It's hard. There's, um, I, my favorite is, is like an extra too. Like it wasn't even released with the first one. It's kind of like a deluxe version one and it's the, the title track man of the moon. Um, okay. and it's, it's really good. It's one of the more mellow hip hop tracks on this one. Um, it's more of one of those, uh, emo tracks that you would have said, but it's, I really like that one. And it's I'm not, sorry. One that's... I'm, I'm, try- I'm not trying to be a dick with that. I promise. No, no, but I get, I get what you're saying though. And I, 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 I'm not taking it in a bad way at all. I know that it, it could have been taken like that, but I'm not, I think that it's, it's kind of right. Um, like you could but... apply anger issues, hip hop to the stuff that I like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I, I'm not taking that personally or anything. Masculinity. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, um, did you listen to this one, uh, like in chronological order when you when you listened to it? I did with both the, the tracks that we did. I wanted to give it the like front to back experience, uh, nice. and then I listened to it like a second time as well, where I just made like a couple notes and tried to like jot out the bits that I thought. So I gave it like two full listen throughs. Um, but the second one, I was kind of flipping through the ones that I liked or the most or the ones that nice. I thought I would want to talk about more. So, but the, the initial was uh, a front to back and, uh, I even like took a soak, smoked like a big, big joint, um, took a hot tub soak and listened to it. I mean, I didn't make it through the whole album in the tub, but a good chunk of it did. So I was like completely <laughs> dialed stay in, in the tub focused. for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Not that long, but like a good, a good 30 minutes. So like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I try to put myself in the right mindset to take it in. If that makes sense. 
Nice. Because um, I just I didn't want to be like the old guy yelling at the kids on his lawn. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And I appreciate that you that you really uh, gave it a proper try. You know, you know, you you um <laughs> you gave it its 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 credit. You know, and well, and, it is. But you, yeah. I mean, you spoke very highly of it. And I mean, like I did, a, I did a bit of research about the artist, and I don't know. I just I wanted to make sure that um. I was speaking intelligently about it for our listeners too, because they'd be like, Oh, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Well, okay. So you said your favorite, uh, your favorite line was from that alive song. Was that your favorite track as well? I think so. Okay. But I don't, mm, I don't know. There, there was, uh, the one track that he did with Kanye in common. It's good too. Yeah. Uh, that one's good. But the problem with that is that it just, it highlighted like, cause I really like common and I was just like, I'm like, I'm sorry, Common's just outclassing everybody on this song. He uh, does uh, all of the narration to it too. You yes. Know? Like when you're going between acts, he does all of that. Yeah. That, I, that stood out to me as well when I heard that. I'm like, uh, when I first turned it on, I'm like, is that Common? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when I heard that that track, um, I like that. But I don't know if that one was necessarily my favorite. It was probably. Lady Gaga's in that too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think they say the poker face line in that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, no, it was probably either alive or uh, simple as I like that simple one. Simple as is good shit, man. I used to listen to that all the time. Um, there's a track on here called Up, Up, and Away. And for probably six months of my life, that was what I woke up to every single day. <laughs> my oh, um, my uh, alarm clock, I could like plug in my iPod to it or whatever back in the day, and you could like have a track to wake you up every morning. And that Up, Up, and Away song was what I listened to like every morning is my wake up <laughs> a slight sidebar but are you familiar with the band corn i know of corn but i'm not uh, i i don't really uh yeah i i don't know much about their music no yeah i know i know that's not your your genre area anyway my point is is that my my roommate in university used to wake up every morning because his cd player alarm clock he could pick whatever song he used to wake up to corn every morning and it was like this i can't remember what the name of the song was i think it's called blind but it was like it was like a really rough voice guy right he was like always like yelling and rough and, and he was like are you ready up to that man and it was just <laughs> uh i mean i liked corn but it was just it was it wasn't always pleasant especially if i didn't have to be up <laughs> no that anyway. would terrify me waking up every morning <laughs> but i can appreciate that i don't know I, i've never really gotten into um waking up to music or alarms I, i'm one of yeah. those people like i wake up five minutes before the alarm's supposed to go off all the time yeah, yeah, I hear you there. Um, so you said that there was like a handful of of bangers on this one. Did you want to list a few? I'm I'm assuming that um, some of them are going to be like the singles. So like uh, Day and Night and um, Soundtrack to My Life, which we talked about, and yeah. uh, Pursuit of Happiness was a big one too. Make or Say, like you said, was also another big one. Were those kind of like the main ones? Those were the main main ones. I think the only other one that we didn't mention that I wrote down here, My World. My world, yes. And what's so funny about that is I re-listened to this album yesterday, and uh, when My World came on, I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, why didn't I listen to this song more?" <laughs> and so I actually like wrote that down, like, "Really good song." Didn't listen to it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really yeah, enjoyed it. It so kind of had like it had like an offbeat. Yeah, and, and it was just... kind of more like classic hip hop, you know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It was like more of like one of like the pump up more kind of uh, upbeat ones that were on the album. And uh, well, it has like that a... I'm going to throw into the rotation right now because it's like almost new to me. <laughs> there, well, there's like it had like, like almost like this Western 
sound in the back too. Anyway, I, I really enjoyed that track. That was good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me, uh, some other highlights on this one are solo dolo. I really liked that one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mentioned up, up in a way you mentioned simple as that was a good one. Um, yeah, there's some good tracks on this, on this album, man. And like, we haven't really talked about the cannabis adjacentness to it, but we've talked about how there's a lot of emotion in this and uh, yeah. Kid Cudi smoked a lot of weed back in the day to help him get through a lot of this. So like during the acts, they kind of have like ebbs and flows of like darkness and light and darkness and light. And uh, I feel like most of the light is after he's smoked some weed kind of. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is one like what like he you know he's talking to himself about talking about being a, like a lonely stoner, right? Yeah, like yeah, says it straight exactly. out. <laughs> being up late at night smoking weed and trying to sort through his shit. Yeah, it's a, a really good album, man. I'm glad that that you enjoyed it for the most part. I know it's not necessarily like uh, in your wheelhouse or anything, but I know that uh, I, I figured there'd be some stuff on there that you'd be able to appreciate for sure. Because I know you're a hip hop guy and hip hop's big in your background and stuff. And um, this album is is a concept album very much so right it's very artsy but at the end of the day there were some absolute fire tracks on here that uh helped me get through some real tough times you know so i'm i'm really happy that uh that you paid this uh, good attention and everything for me i appreciate that well i think i could encourage some of our, our listeners who are maybe more in my age category to give something like this a listen if you're down to hip-hop i think in that right kind of environment some nice chill wee uh, a hot bath and and throwing some tunes like this on you could really kind of get into this kind of a vibe uh, depending on what you're you're kind of in for at that moment so um, i think that's what i kind of like about this angle and that in the sense is that um with our, our general uh, kind of theme of the podcast with you kind of being new, being new to cannabis and me being old, we're kind of coming at the music side of things from different angles. So I think typically you're going to be bringing things to the table that are more recent where I'm going to be looking at uh, kind of the old school angle. So maybe we're going to have some crossover where uh, folks who can get to experience some cool uh, cannabis themed kind of music that they hadn't checked out before. Um, that said, I think probably most of our listeners have heard of the uh, artists that we're going to cover for my side of things <laughs> if that's i i think so it's one that uh that i'm familiar with but i didn't listen to their music like at all there's only like a couple songs that i had downloaded from this artist before um <laughs> yeah and uh i must say though before we get into it that this was fucking awesome to listen to <laughs> yeah this was uh, you're you're glad that this wasn't the album that i chose for it yeah Big time. <laughs> so what, what we're going to be talking about for uh, Joel's choice for this week, I think one of the things that we want to do when we're both presenting an artist is kind of keep it to the same genre. Um, I think from like a symmetry standpoint and the old new angle that kind of plays well. So uh, since we're hip hop guys, we started out with hip hop and the, the flip side of the Kid Cudi is that we are going to be looking at Black Sunday from Cypress Hill, which is a classic hip hop album that came out in July of 1993. Uh, when Cam was uh, two years old. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was. I wasn't even two years old. Not actually. even two years old. Fuck yeah. Born in September. <laughs> uh, this came out um, the summer between grade eight and nine for me. Uh, and nice. where I grew up in Ontario, that was the difference between uh, middle school and high school. So, uh, okay. you know, pretty significant development point. So I think for me, we're, uh, we've talked about what age you're at and where you're, what kind of point in development. And I think that's where the music kind of resonates with you, right? Because you, you get a lot of meaning in how you perceive the world from those developmental years and the, the soundtracks that you're listening to kind of feed into that, I think, a little bit. Yeah, um, I would say so. 
so for me, this, this was a, a significant one because it was something that I listened to when I was like, you know, around 14, 15 years old. Uh, I wasn't really a cannabis consumer at the time that it came out, but I was really, really into hip hop. And um, this was kind of like uh, a landmine in the hip hop landscape at the time. Um, so much so that it became like a really big crossover hit. The song Insane in the Brain kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes as to what uh, that everybody could enjoy hip hop that you didn't that it wasn't uh, necessarily just for black people uh, that, yeah. that white people can enjoy hip hop too. But I think like the the song really spoke to a lot of metalheads and like a lot of people. So it just became this big mainstream hit because Insane in the Brain was just such a great song. Was that one of the songs that you'd heard of before? No, Joel, I hadn't heard Insane in the Brain before no, I listened. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't know. I legitimately don't know, man, because like you're uh, like if, if you didn't have a frame of reference for, for cannabis, I mean, I feel like that's a big enough song that most people would have heard it. But if you were two when it came out, like, I feel like. Yeah, that, sorry. That, it's just been be in so many movies and shit. You I know? guess so that's like, fair. That's yeah, fair. it's just been pr- uh, pretty popular with uh, with just in pop culture, <laughs> you know, so um, sorry, I tried to sound sarcastic there. I didn't mean to bait you. My yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, but no, Insane in the Brain was a huge hit. Uh, it brought a lot of attention to this album. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's, it's remembered fondly today. But like Cam said, it's it's not a one track record whatsoever there are so many great songs so many memorable beats and what i like about it is that like every song almost has like a really great chorus yes like you can you can can sing it it has a distinctive chorus and something that you can kind of sing along with in just about every one and it repeats enough that that you get a good feel for it so uh, i kind of enjoy that aspect of it but i mean it's not necessarily like reaching for um, lyrical artistry at the same time either Right. It it hits a lot of the familiar beats of hip hop. But if you recall, in 1993, those beats weren't necessarily so familiar. No, I really love the like the background acoustics in this album, like just the heavy drums Mm. all over it. Like and I loved that that was something that was uh, present in basically every song that was on this album. I I like that you called that out because that is one of my favorite things about hip hop. And I find that you don't see it as much in the newer stuff. There's a lot of like backbeats and extra drum hits. Um, I just like a real simple, dirty beat. You know what I mean? Like a nice dirty drum hit with like some like spooky piano or, um, you know, some like eerie sound music or something with it. I like it grimy. I like the like fluidity and the auto tune sounds and the like pew pew stuff. Like uh, it doesn't fly as much for me. It, yeah. it's, it's like too mel- melodic. I want it to be like rough and gruff. You're like a 90s hip hop purist. Oh, I just I love that stuff, man. I mean, well, I don't yeah. know, man. Like I, I like I really like, like Beastie Blue. Boys and shit too, right? Like oh, that Beastie kind of Boys. Shit? Like what I where I well, where I like go back to, like my favorite artist is KRS One. Um, but okay. KRS One isn't necessarily really known for like beats and stuff, but um that East Coast hip hop vibe with the grimy drum beats and the piano, like I'm thinking like Wu Tang Clan and uh Boot Camp Click, uh Notorious, like guys like that. That's that's to me is that that east coast hip-hop i was definitely more of an east coast guy lots of love for the west which is uh cypress hill is a west coast um hip-hop group they're one of the the bigger bigger founders of the west coast hip-hop uh scene i guess but the beats on this feel very east coast to me so okay uh, i love i love that that dirty griminess to it so um i i think there's a lot a lot of cool stuff in this album but 
what we were talking about, I know that we didn't necessarily talk about a huge amount of the the ties to cannabis with the Kid Cudi album, Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. The cannabis references are overt in every fucking song. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote down that I love that. Um, so there's a track on here called uh, Hits from the Bong. And they have like hits in the bong in the background of like a bunch of different songs on this album. And every time it popped up in a song, I was, it just brought a smile to my face. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, there's cannabis references. You can hear uh, cannabis activists speaking in parts. Um, it's, it's very on brand for the adult cannabis enthusiast podcast uh, to be talking about Cypress Hill because everything's about weed. I mean, the first song is called I want to get high. Yeah. And that's the first one I listened to. Uh, unfortunately, the, when I listened to this through, I didn't do it in chronological order. I thought that I had, oh. but apparently my phone was on shuffle. So uh, I started it on, I want to get high, but it uh, had jumped around after that. Okay. Well, I don't yeah, necessarily think that you lost anything by not listening to it in order because I don't necessarily know that there's like a, a greater theme to it, the track overall. I mean, I think every everything is essentially talking about either cannabis or gang life in LA. Yeah. That's or or you know, interactions with the cops. This is basically it. And I think that's one of the things I, I like the most is that they just like the wordplay with them like shitting on the police, like constantly through it like there's one line like i mean they're all they're constantly calling the cops pigs and they make like a, a three little pigs blow your house down reference at one point that just like busted a gut on me oh yeah um i i've listened to this twice now um so I, but i'm still not super familiar with all of the songs <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest but i thoroughly enjoyed it both times um if i can if you allow me to set the scene for my first uh listening of this okay. Uh, yesterday I was taking a bunch of photos of plants for the Instagram. And, uh, so I was like, okay, this is going to be my perfect opportunity to just throw in the earphones and, uh, get a little, get a little baked and, uh, start taking some photos. So right. that's what I did. And I could basically listen to the whole album, um, while I was doing those photos yesterday, uh, kind of like a funny coincidence that happened. Um, and I brought a smile to my face. I don't know if it's really that funny or whatever, but I, I wanted to mention it. There is a song on here called, uh, what go around, come around kid. Yes. And, uh, that came on right when I finished photographing the done cannabis karma. And, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, this, uh, this album, man, when I was taking those photos yesterday, it just had me bumping the whole time. You know, I was like jumping around. I was like bo constantly bobbing my head. It's like feel good, kind of like upbeat, pumpy kind of hip hop. And I know this is kind of like a nineties kind of hip hop, like vibe. Um, but yeah. I'm not super familiar with a lot of nineties hip hop. Like a lot of the artists that you had just listed off are things that are, are people that I have to write down and start listening to because, <laughs> uh, I, I am most familiar with like post two thousands hip hop, um, right. outside of like some of the more popular stuff from, I mean, from Cypress Hill and from like NWA and stuff like that. Right. But, um, I don't have that full of a knowledge in relation to these nineties, these big nineties hip hop groups, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely. And actually NWA is more eighties. They, they just is it? Okay. They into the nineties, but they, they blew up before, um, before they got very far. But, uh, I, I mean, I would love to make you a mixtape, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you're like what the fuck's a mixtape? Mixtapes were a thing when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
yeah i mean there's just so so many great tunes here and what i liked about this is like the, the memories that i have about listening to cypress hill around that age around like 14 15 we're playing basketball uh i remember just being in my buddy's driveway and us having like the portable stereo or the ghetto blaster outside and like playing music like this and some of this stuff was like great pump up music for sports right like no I kidding ain't, i ain't going out like that like all that kind of stuff right it's just jock jams totally totally jock jam situation big time yeah man or like when the shit goes down or cock the hammer (laughs) like all those songs man are just total like gear up right and it's just those like typical i mean i don't know what i was thinking i was relating to as like a you know a young white kid in canada uh relating to like all his fucking gang talk from la but uh it, it resonated with me and it just i think it just taps into some of that frustration and rage and that anti-authority like i was very anti-authority as a teenager and i think it, it just feeds into that when you're when you just see people who are like rolling around blazing flipping off the cops and it just it's cool it it looks cool as shit you just want to emulate that energy hey and that just is you i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't I don't know about that but i mean it it, it just it, it was stuff that i could get really get fired up and like i know like cock the hammer was definitely like on my warm-up mix before like football games and stuff like that in high school nice yeah. yeah well there are there's like most of this is like more pump up kind of songs but there are a couple on there that i really enjoyed that weren't necessarily like as big a pump up ones like yeah. i want to get high it's the first one on the album it's it's not in that same kind of vein there is more of like a like a nod your head like bump to it kind of thing but not it's not a jock jam you know no. um but that one's then, great uh, because it's got all that like it's got lots of uh, cool references about that time right like they like they reference like bill clinton and stuff yeah that song and um things that are happening but yeah no that's a great tune sorry go keep i going. really like that one um well and what i what i had kind of thought of uh you know i was talking about how i got up every, like i used to wake up every day to up up and away by kid yeah. cuddy i honestly think that i want to get high could be a good wake up song too um at the very beginning it kind of like slowly ramps up and it's almost alarm-esque you know and uh and then it just goes into that um well just like a very like chill kind of like positive beat and uh i i honestly don't think that there's i could think of a a better song to wake up to than than this one it just puts a smile on my face and it would get me jumping out of bed (laughs) you're right though it does kind of sound like a little like an an abbreviated siren like almost uh yeah that's like kind of ringing in and then there's this cool like little bass line and and slight beat that runs it no it's a it's a great tune i, I like i want to get high I, I don't know man i like everything on here it's a lot of fun i was really into cypress hill before i had the album that they put out before this uh they did a song called how i could just kill a man that like i loved uh i saw it in a movie called juice uh and i just it totally hit me and then when this came out it got my attention too uh this the song that's called hand on the glock is actually like a re-recording of uh one they did on their previous album which i thought was something of note for this too okay um yeah it's that's the one it's like sawed off shotgun hand on the pump that's uh gotcha yeah that's kind of like a a well-known one too but i just i'm really stoked that i got to expose you to this uh and that we had a chance to kind of go through some old school uh hip-hop that is is i mean totally cannabis related there's all kinds of lines and stuff like that was was i want to get high your favorite track um my favorite track 
is kind of like, well, I, I would say it's in my top three for sure. I, yeah. I really did like that one. Um, hit, hits from the bong was a, a banger for me. And yeah. I also really liked the uh, the vibes of Three Little Putos was real good too. Okay. I really liked that one. Um, but Hits from the Bong was probably my favorite just because it was really funny too. You know, like I, I like the like the kind of comical wordplay that's in it, you know, yeah. and um, my favorite line is from that song too, I think. Okay, and what, what was your favorite line from that um, It was just him talking about the bong, basically. It's just like a small one. It's like, I'm skillet, there's water inside, don't spill it. It smells like shit on the carpet, still it. <laughs> I fucking love that. I started bursting out laughing when that line was, uh, when I heard it from the first time. The skunky, so, funky, smelly green shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And, and the, the lines before that were awesome, too. Like, the first verse is, it, it just uh, really sets the pace for the whole song. And um, I really liked it's from the bong it's probably a little bit cliche cheesy because that was like super cannabis related but yeah it's one of my favorites i really did like three little putos too like that one's one that i could really just jam in my car too i think yeah i mean i don't know it, it, it's really difficult for me to necessarily pick a favorite because you know they're probably pretty close to all of it but if i had to pick one it would probably be uh, i ain't going out like that and it's just it's just got such a great like vibe to it. Um, but I also really like hits from the bong and hits on from the bong was like a favorite smoking song for me for many years. No kidding. Um, it's going to be a new one for me. Yeah. I, I think if, if I had to pick something uh, that I had to pick for the favorite line is probably in, uh, I want to get high because the, and it's not necessarily one line, just like just the various themes that he's talking about. So um, he says like the oven's on high when I roast the quail, tell go Clint, Bell, tell Bill Clinton to go and inhale. Like that's a, a shot at Dan Quayle, who was George Bush senior's vice president and Bill Clinton for his, uh, I didn't inhale line. So like kind of a double-edged uh, wordplay there really like that. Nice. Bit. Uh, and he says a line in there too, about people learning about what they're smoking, which I think is pretty cool for 1993. Cause that's like yeah. what we're all about. And now that we've got a measure of legalization and we're all learning more about this, this wonderful plant, I thought that was kind of a nice tie into our show too. So um, lots, lots for me to like about this. And when, uh, when you were, when we were talking about what we were doing for this and you were pretty hyped on doing Cuddy and when we kind of thought, okay, let's do two and let's each present something. I thought Cypress was, was a good one. So uh, I'm glad that you've got some exposure to it and maybe some of our, our newer listeners, if you haven't, uh, gone back and listened to to cypress hill I highly recommend black sunday because um it's probably got the the best grouping of songs they have other hits that are pretty good out there too on other on later records and on their earlier one but i think overall this is like the uh the best snapshot of cypress hill that you could take i'd say so man there was a couple songs in here that i was familiar with but it was mostly new to me and mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it I ended up smoking some uh, some karma from Dunn, and I just fucking jammed out to this for an hour. So the songs that I was familiar with was, like we said, uh, Insane in the Brain. And then uh, as well as When the Shit Goes Down, um, When the Shit Goes Down is just in so many like <laughs> TV shows and movies. I feel like the jock jams that are from uh cypress hill get used a lot in pop culture you know um but it, it may also be a little bit of like personal bias because uh because we're jocks <laughs> well um well i was just gonna say because i i used to watch a shit ton of like the seth rogan and friends movies okay. and those guys love 90s hip-hop too so um their songs pop up all the time like uh, dr green thumbs and pineapple express um and uh dr green thumbs 
yeah i have a, I have a funny story about the first time that i i heard that song but anyway go ahead. oh yeah yeah should we save it for another day <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll keep that one in the chamber for now okay uh yeah but anyways like um when the shit goes down is like in a bunch of their movies and shit too and yeah anyways uh i really enjoyed this too so thank you i'm gonna check out more of their shit now i'm i'm really pumped on this and uh i downloaded the whole album to my phone and i'm just stoked to have it cycle through <laughs> well what's, what's great is that there's not a lot of like artists or records that you could listen to that you could uh have the same record playing while you're in the gym and then go home and smoke after and still like not having to change it yeah no right absolutely. <laughs> like you could get yourself fired up to work out and then afterwards vibe out with uh, like a little bit of chill out stoner hip-hop exactly that's, that's cool no, I, I recommend this to people who aren't familiar with Cypress Hill as well, especially if you're into more like upbeat rap, like the the drum beats in this are just so sick, in my opinion. And I just love that kind of shit as well. I, I feel like that's why I really like Foo Fighters, too, is just because their fucking drum beats are just so insane. And uh, it's I didn't get like direct vibes like Foo Fighter vibes here, but the the drums in this is unreal. Just yeah. Can't can't say enough about it. Um, but uh, should we get into our cultivar of the week, my friend? Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think it's time. I think th- I think that's a good uh, a good place to close the book on our uh, debut music episode. So this week we're going to be talking about the orange bud from Apothecary Botanicals, and we picked this one up on the medical side, right, my friend? Yes, we did. I picked this up in November and I just opened this up for the review. Um, I had just kind of stashed it because I knew we were going to talk about it. I didn't want to go through it too fast. Um, So yeah, I picked it up on the Black Friday sale. Um, Right now you can buy this on Canmart. uh, If you're you're prescribed to them, you can buy it for $6.20 a gram. Works Mm -hmm. out to $21.70 for an eighth. Um, The lot that we picked up was 15.9%. And this is quite the pleasant little bud, isn't it? It is. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I am suspicious that I've had it before, in fact. Um, I've had a a product that was also called Orange Bud that was produced by a producer on the recreational side called Wink. And my understanding is that Wink is a sourcer, so it may have been a white-labeled product. But when I opened up the jar of this stuff, it was, like, identical. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I know it is that like the this is orange bud, so obviously it's got an orange kind of scent to it, but it smells much more like oranges than I would say some of the other orange cultivars that we've reviewed on the show. Like so, the Tangerine Dream and the orange cookies? Yes, exactly. So like the Tangerine Dream, I think, has a sweeter kind of orange kind of scent to it. And we've we've referred to the orange cookies as smelling like orange pop. This is neither of those. It smells more like like what I would I would call an orange, an actual orange would smell like if you took like yeah. a, a big nose of an orange. Kind of like when you like rip the rind off the orange almost, but just yeah. muted, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, to be fair, to give this stuff some due, uh, uh, due attention, uh, we did we did wait a while to review it and it wasn't uh, like necessarily the freshest batch when we got it. We got it on a massive discount with the Black Friday. I think I think it was only like 16 bucks for an eighth of this stuff. Yeah, it was really bucks. cheap. It's it like three or, three or four bucks a gram kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and, and Cam, in his uh, infinite wisdom, reminds me that we need to make sure that we're looking at some of the cost-conscious categories as well. So this was a, a good one that we wanted to hit. But it also, it tasted really good. I kind of enjoy that the orange taste. Some of the other orange ones maybe lasted a little bit longer, but this was pleasant and enjoyable, I found. How did you, uh, what would you describe the kind of nose for this one as? Um, well, it's very orangey. I didn't really pick up much else than that, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I well, I got, I got like a really good. A little bit of like spice. Okay. 
Okay, so like, I, I'd say that's fair. It's yeah. prominent, but I feel like on the no, on the the back end of the nose a bit, it, there is a bit of spice there too. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, and I, I have to say that this transfers directly to the taste in the vape, and I rolled it up in a joint, and uh, you could definitely t- uh, taste that in the joint as well. Nice. I didn't actually combust this stuff at all. I only hit it up in the vape. I did open mine a bit earlier, so I kind of was in and out of this jar a little bit, Uh, but I did save a couple nugs for the actual review this week, so I did get to sample it a little bit. I did my coffee and cannabis test with it today as well. Uh, Definitely has the flavor, like you're saying. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily super long-lasting, so like maybe four pulls, then um, you're you're not necessarily getting much more past that. I like the uh, the vibe that I get from the buzz. Uh, it's a really kind of mild sativa. I think, like you said, this rolled in around like just under 16%, like 15 and a half ish. Uh, yeah, 15.9. 15.9. Okay, just under 16, uh, just under 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, you can get it all the way up to 18. So I, I think I wouldn't mind trying something with like maybe a little more uh, uh, THC in it. But uh, for, a, for a mild sativa, I, I felt like this was a really wonderful wake and bake strain. Yeah, I had it with the coffee this morning too. I don't normally smoke um, on mornings where I need to record for the podcast, but um, I had had enough of this one last week and a little bit the week before that I I felt like this would be fine. Like I kind of figured what the effects would be. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I do sound weirder on this episode, you can blame the orange bud, I will say. But uh, I had it this morning and it was pretty great with coffee. You know, it kept me in a pretty positive mood. Um, Mm -hmm. I was listening to some of this Cypress Hill this morning as well and just jamming out, cleaning my vape. I had a great morning on it. Um, The effects, like what would you say this for me? It's kind of like a, like a daily smoker, um, like a daytime smoker that I could be a little bit productive with. The stone is a little bit stronger than what I would say for a lot of my get shit done strains, but this is one that I could definitely power through. I think, um, I, I think if you got a little bit more pep to it, a little bit more THC, I think that for like, uh, for users with a, a little bit lower of a tolerance, this could be a pretty fun, like fun time strain in my opinion. Um, but for me, it kind of fits more into like, uh, a mood elevator slash like daytime use kind of thing. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, mood elevation, because it gives you a bit of warmth and positivity. I don't find the euphoria to be very strong. And I think it just might be my tolerance is like way up there. It's feeling like right now. Uh, I might be due for for a, a short tolerance break again to kind of reset things. But uh, I just found that like it, it didn't hit overly strong and it didn't hang out all that long. So like maybe like a little over an hour and I was feeling kind of um, like still good, but I didn't the buzz didn't have necessarily a lot of intensity. And I think didn't that's really linger. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm I'm talking about, maybe sampling it with a bit stronger THC. But uh, I felt it, it, it was easily kind of like a, a get shit done strain because it didn't seem to hang out that long and didn't seem that strong. The coffee gave it a nice like uh, kind of energetic boost. So uh, I don't know that the the I don't know that classifying it as a get shit done strain, but daytime use absolutely and mood elevation uh, can easily when be get shit done when you're paired with some coffee. Um, but again, it's all going to depend on your tolerance. But uh, I don't think that this is one that I think new consumers would have to be concerned with. I don't I wouldn't put this in the anxiety inducing category at all. No, I don't necessarily think so either. It was um, really good for me. I just had a, a nice positive kind of buzz. Um, I, w- I was more stoned than I, than I thought I was going to be most of the time <laughs> when I was having this. Um, and I feel like it, the coffee really kicked it up a notch. Um, 
but I was really impressed with this, honestly, especially for the price point. This was well-grown, it seems like. Um, like Joel said, we picked this, well, like we both said, we picked this up in November. Um, the package date on it was uh, early September. Um, I didn't open this until last week. And when I opened up the, the bag, there was still decent moisture. I don't have a hygrometer, so I couldn't test it myself, but the buds definitely weren't dry. Um, and there was still a good smell in there. Um, the, the buds are quite nice actually i like the appearance of them they're like a really nice dark green um with some really vibrant orange hairs on them i was i, I was really impressed by that i think that it's a, a well-grown product um i'm i'm pretty impressed with this to be honest especially for the price point yeah i mean the only thing i would say is that they're not like super dense but i think it's more the the nature of the cultivar than anything else like they weren't they weren't larfy or anything but they were um yeah, they just they just weren't like necessarily thick or dense, and it just might have been the age. And Camart ships their stuff with like a Boveda too, so uh, yeah, I didn't that... have to rehydrate this or anything, and it was sitting in that in this little zippy since September, right? And I mm -hmm. I smoked it just fine, even out of the even out of the joint, it smoked fairly nicely. So um, I, I I'd say this is a buy. Uh, like as a conclusion to this, I would I would say this may not go into my everyday rotation just because I do normally like to have stuff with a little bit more zip to it. Um, but, uh, the taste on this is really nice though. So like, this is almost like a dessert strain, like something that you could have after dinner, <laughs> you totally, know? Totally. Yeah. Um, I will or definitely buy it again. I just... Like a, co a cocktail or a cognac. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So, um, I mean, if, if you're somebody like after the pandemic, if you're going to be hosting, uh, hosting some friends over or something like that, and, and they would like to partake in weed, <laughs> but, uh, maybe are, are still a little bit new. I I'd say this would be like a really good, um, cultivar to like share with friends who are newer to it. Um, mm -hmm. good yeah. introduction. That's good. That's a absolutely. Good but yeah, I don't know if this will go into my everyday rotation, but I will definitely be repurchasing this in the future because for the price point, it's of good quality in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you touch on like kind of the key point at this price point. It's kind of hard to ignore, uh, especially you know at, at the price that we purchased it at, at around seventeen bucks for an eighth is is phenomenal. So to get something that's this flavorful and has that attachment to it is great. There's a few other cultivars that hit a similar area that I maybe like the orange taste a little bit better, but. Uh, at that price difference, you, you can't ignore it. If you're talking about a $12 one, well, the, the one that's $12 cheaper if is the one that's going to win if the taste difference is only minorly negligible. So uh, I think this one, while maybe not in the rotation to fit the category that we've described here, it's definitely one that would go into the buy category. So um, if you haven't had a look at it, we definitely recommend that you give it a try. You may see it under uh, a different name, but uh, keep your eye out for the orange bud. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast. This is a bit of a different one, but I really enjoyed the discussion between these two albums. And I have to thank you again, Joel, for um, for giving me the opportunity or, or forcing me, rather, <laughs> into <laughs> listening to uh, Cypress Hill because uh, I... Could, I, I honestly can't say enough good shit about it. I, I'm super pumped about this like new music that's going to be in my life. So, well, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think um, it's something that we can continue on to do in the future and maybe incorporate so the listeners into a poll or something. So uh, look for future music episodes to come along in addition to the movies uh, and stay tuned for a movie poll coming this week. Thanks again, everybody for listening. Um, if you want to check us out on social media, again, we are at a cannabis pod on Twitter and on Instagram, and we can basically be found wherever podcasts are found. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Take care. Cheers guys. We'll see you next week. 